Welcome to the Good, the Bad, and the Sequel Q&A. My name's Doug. The next sequel that we're going to be reviewing is Mechanic Resurrection or Mechanic 2 starring Jason Statham, Jessica Alba, Tommy Lee Jones. First action movie we've done in a while and it's going to be so much fun having our action sequel expert Andrew Powers back for the fifth time. But what I love about this movie, it led me to one of the most interesting conversations that I've ever had just talking to somebody on the other side of the world. I talked with actor, stuntman, fight coordinator. He really does it all. Uh, Brahim Chab. Brahim was in Indonesia when we chatted last November. It was just before Thanksgiving. You know, COVID was running rampant. He was actually hunkering down in a hotel doing uh, his quarantine to do during pre-production for a movie. So it was so cool just hearing his perspective on the other side of the world and just to hear somebody else's story. He grew up outside France, started doing karate as a teen, fell in love with Jackie Chan movies and martial arts movies, and he wanted to do that. And he really dove in, so you're going to love that story. You know, really cool about him working and doubling Van Damme. Man, so much fun to talk with him. Even a tidbit from Hangover 2, which is a sequel that we might be covering in the future about, you know, really how dangerous stunts can be. And uh, Raheem had such a great outlook about, you know, his career in the filming industry and, you know, what goes into some of these stunts when you really don't know until sometimes you're in the middle of it. A story he had from uh, being on Tremor 7 and doubling John Heater. So, yeah, such a fun chat. Do me a favor. It's your first time here. Welcome. Make sure that you subscribe, share, like on social media, retweet, share us with your friends. You know, it means a lot. And on social media, you can follow us at sequels only. So without further ado, here is Brahim Shad. What's up, man? How are you? Good, man. And you? Not too bad. How's it work? So you're out, you're in Indi- Indonesia, right? Yes, I'm in Indonesia right now. So so what's so fascinating? You're the first person I'm going to speak to, and I hope IMDb is sometimes not right, but you grew up in France? Yep, that's correct. Oh my god! So, so growing up there, what was it like? You were in Beaumont. Was that close to a city, countryside? Uh, that's kind of like uh, you know, like a small city next to Paris. Like I okay. would need to take the train, and it would be maybe like twenty minutes of car, and maybe forty-five minutes of train to get there. That's nice. That's like where how far I am from New York City. Yeah, that kind of like you know, like those little suburbs in America, in yeah, next yeah. to the big cities. Similar. So growing up, at what age did you like fall in love? Like how I always like to find out how people got into, you know, being in Hollywood, you know, doing stunt work and acting. What was the first time you thought it was something that you wanted to do? I would say it was about maybe when I was 14 years old, 14, when I saw a movie, a Jackie Chan movie called First Strike. I yeah. saw it and I was like, okay, that's what I want to do. That's it. I saw him freaking like use the ladder and hit people with it. I was like, all right, <laughs> I need to do this, man. Oh my God. So what was your first step? Just taking karate lessons? Like what was your first training step? Um, no, I uh, basically I started with Aikido because there was nothing else next to my place. So that was the closest thing next to my, uh, my house. And um then, because, you know, I was tired because Aikido was always only wrist locks and throws. Yeah. So I was kind of tired to 
get thrown around and never throw a punch or a kick. So I was like, okay, I need to find something where I can strike, right? So <laughs> uh, I uh, found like this uh, karate uh, dojo, not too far from my place, maybe like 20 minute bicycle ride. And uh, that's it. I started to do karate wadoryu and I combined it with Aikido. So the whole week I was basically training after school. I remember Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday and Saturday, I was just training every day. Oh my God. And Aikido, that's Seagal, right? Wasn't that his big thing? Yeah, yeah, that's uh, what Steven Seagal is doing. It's kind of like wrist locks and all that kind of stuff, yes. I mean, it's nice for movies. There is some pretty nice stuff for movies, but uh, I was always like more into like using my legs and kicking and stuff like that. So I was like, okay, I, I need... I need to find something where where I can throw a punch or a kick because yeah. Yeah, Aikido is nice though. It's very good for movies. No, it is because that's what he does in all the movies. Like uh, in his earlier films, he gets people to get really close to him, and then that's when he like tosses them within seconds or <laughs> exactly. Yes, he's never run yeah, any. I, I don't think he's ever ran and kicked anybody really in all. Oh no, yeah, movies. that. That yeah, that's the thing with Aikido. You know, I always saw it like in. Um, kind of something that is good for bouncers or oh yeah it's very good as well for when you try to restrain somebody who's not really like a martial artist or something like that but in the same time you know you never saw anybody coming to you with a straight punch like a superman punch like that <laughs> in a real fight so that kind of that side of aikido is a little bit like you know that's why it gets so much heat yeah. online people always say like Oh, Aikido is like, uh, it's it's not good or it's not realistic because of that. But on the other hand, it's very good, I would say, like for a bouncer or yeah. for someone to try to restrain someone who's not aware, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, that's true. So, so what was your first step? So you're doing all this, you're training all the time. What was your first step? Because that was your goal. There's some people like Richard Norton, I'm sure you heard of him. He was like, oh, one yeah, of the, yeah. So, so like Richard, his step was he was just, he was just training to train and be a bouncer for like bands that would come out to Australia, like the Rolling Stones. He like, he was just doing karate and all that because he wanted to just, just do it. So yours is the end goal was like, I want to do that, like Jackie Chan. So what was your first step after all this to try to take it from the training end to be able to use it like in a film? Well, the thing was, you know, in Paris and France in general, you know, it's not really a, a, a country where we, we have a big action movie industry. It's really? very, very oriented to drama, comedy and uh, theater. You know, we have a lot of big plays. You know, it's very it's a it's a great place, you know, for like artists who are really into acting. But for action movies, it's very, very small. So I tried uh when i finished high school uh when i was 18 years old i went for one year to university to become a lawyer and i was like screw this i, I don't want to do that that's not me so i i just started to train more and more and more every day i was lying to my parents telling them yeah school is do is going great like school is great it's awesome every day i would go to school and i would not even go to school, I would just say, I'm going to school, but I was just going to train with some friends of mine. And we all had the same goal to, to do movies, right? 
So after a while, my parents, they found out and they were like, what the hell are you doing? I'm like, oh, guys, just relax. I have it under control. And you know, most parents, when when they hear their son, you know, they are like, what, what the hell? He's not going to school and he's not <laughs> he's not following, you know, the footsteps of like, you know, getting a nine to five job, you know, going to school and all that. So they were really, really worried. So I just told them, you know, listen to me, I have this under control. I, I think I can do something in this business. So they were like, well, no matter what, you need to find a job. So I found a job on the side. I was selling uh, cell phones in a mall. <laughs> and I was just doing it to make money, right? And um, uh, I was still training on the side. And uh, there is a friend of mine uh, who had uh, a gymnastics school. And he invited me to go to Thailand to... Um, to go to a casting for Ong Bak too. And I was like, yeah, are you paying me to go there? He's like, yeah, the whole trip is paid for. I'm like, okay, sounds good. Yeah. So I joined them with a couple of other guys. I think we went there, seven guys. We did the casting. They told us, sorry, but uh, there's nothing for you guys. So it was a trip to Thailand, right? Yeah. And uh, I was like, when I saw the place and I saw how much, you know, how much impressed the people were when we did the casting, they were like, kind of like welcoming. They didn't give us an opportunity, but it was kind of like, I could see like, oh, they didn't know like Westerners could do that kind of stuff, like gymnastic yeah. and martial art, right? So I stuck around and I was like, okay, I'm going to stay around and see how it is. All my friends left. And uh, I just called my mom and dad and I said, okay, well, um, I'm going to stay around here and see how it goes. So from there, you know, I, um, I started to do small castings. I started to work on, uh, on small movies in Thailand, you know, some local movies. Then there was some Hollywood movies coming to shoot in Thailand. And that's the thing. Back then, I'm talking like 2007, there was a lot, a lot of Hollywood movies coming to shoot in Thailand because... After Ongbak, everybody thought, okay, when I'm going to Thailand, I can kick every stuntman in the head. So basically, that's what they were thinking. We're like, okay, I'm going to go to Thailand and kick the ass of every stunt guy there because that's what Tony Jai is doing. Yeah. So every movie was coming to shoot in Thailand. Every Hollywood movie is almost who did action. They wanted to come shoot in Thailand. So that's how I started to do action movies, basically, just like, I started in Thailand first, and then from there, it took me everywhere else in the world. Oh, my God. So what was your first, uh, like, Hollywood movie? Like, doing the small movies, obviously, you're learning and getting paid. What was the first time that you did a Hollywood movie? You're like, oh, my God, because that's a lot different cameras they're using, I'm sure, and, like, how many people are on set? The, the first film I did, Hollywood film, I remember it was uh, Street Fighter, Street Fighter, The Legend of Shun Li. Yeah. With Christine Crock, and there was also Michael Crock Duncan. Um, there was an, uh, uh, a couple of other actors. Uh, Robin Shaw uh, Robin is in that movie as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that was the first movie I did. Uh, I remember I went to cast in this small place uh, in Bangkok, and they. They didn't want to say what movie it was. So it just said it's a martial art movie. So they made me do all this stuff. And then maybe uh, two weeks after, they are like, um, oh, 
you got a part in the movie. So I'm like, oh, really? Not even stunts. And like, no, 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 you have a part with actual dialogue and stuff. I'm like, okay. So that was the first movie I have done. And I remember we did a rehearsal. Then we went to shoot. And I remember my, my scene was with Christine Kruk. And I had this huge crush on her when I was a teenager. I remember every time I was watching that TV show called Smallville. Yeah. She was playing in it. So I was always watching the TV show. And here I am doing a scene with her. And I was like, man, this, this movie thing is going somewhere. I'm getting somewhere doing this. And um, that was kind of like the first time. Uh, first, Yeah, that was the first movie that I've, uh, first Hollywood movie that I've done. And I was plenty cameras. I was kind of like, uh, how can I say? Like, I didn't want to screw up my lines. Yeah. Two no, lines, and, I remember. And not even just that. Two lines. You have a girl that you crushed on Smallville oh, yeah. across from you. I couldn't imagine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was quite frustrating. Not frustrating. It was quite um, scary, you know. And oh, I, I did bet. my lines. And uh, I was thinking, okay, maybe that's not uh, going to make the cut. But it did. It made the cut. And uh, that's, how, that's how it started, really, you know. That's it. That's awesome. So did you, going into all this, obviously Jackie Chan is, is the star of those movies. Did you ever think of that end of it or just be like the acting part? Or did you think early on, like I could do the stunts or did you want to do both? Honestly, when I first started, uh, you know, the movie business is kind of like, it's almost like everybody's trying to keep you away from it. Every time you say, I'm going to do movies, it's yeah. like, no, you can't. Or no, you cannot do this. Oh no, in your dreams. So this whole thing about movie, it's kind of like categorized as like, oh, it's very something hard to do. But actually it's it's not really hard. You know, you just need to find something that you have to offer and you know what you're good at. And then you go and pursue it. And then you sell yourself uh, with those qualities that you have. Now, when I started, I really didn't think that will lead to acting. I thought it would just be like, I'm going to come, throw a punch, get my ass kicked, and that would be it. <laughs> that's what I was, that's what I did for a couple of years first. I still do it sometime now, yeah. but that's really what I was thinking first. I never thought like, okay, I'm going to get to work with all these names that I worked with. Uh, so it's, it was kind of like I went in that business with uh, no real um, expectations. Yeah then I got a lot out of it. And I think that's what a lot of the, the newcomers need to understand. You know, when you get into this business, do not get emotional about like, oh, I, I'm not getting where I want to get. I'm not, get, I'm not getting the exposure I'm supposed to get or, or compare yourself with another guy. I, I think, you know, you should just do it because you like doing that and no expectations at all. And then you will see slowly, if you don't get expectations, then you'll evolve in that business. No, that's true. Essentially, you don't want to compare yourself to other people. Because I interviewed a guy that, I don't know if when I interviewed him or a few years before, he was uh, one of the board members on SAG. And he was telling me the number of how many actors, like just actors, can live off of what they make. It was like some number like in like the 10,000s. Like it wasn't as much. And you had to think how many actors that there are. Oh, no, maybe it was like the thousands. It was such a low number. But what's really cool about you is, you, like you said, you have to have something to offer. Like when you go into that audition, you obviously you can act. 
stunt. But one thing that's really cool is now, how did you get into the fight coordinating, like the stunt coordinating? That's so important. Like when I talked to Richard, he was actually on set. He was in Atlanta shooting Suicide Squad 2, and he's doing the fight coordinating for that. When he told me what goes into it, I I knew that had to happen and how great like Jackie Chan and Richard's stuff is. But the, just the timing and working one-on-one with the actors. So how did that opportunity come up for you? Well, uh, when I was doing stunts, I met um, a very good friend of mine from Sweden. His name is Tim Mann. Uh, he's a martial artist. He's, he's a very, very good fight coordinator, second unit director. And I met him when he was in Thailand. So from there, he took me kind of like under his wing. He brought me on a lot of projects with him. And by working with him, I learned how to shoot action. I learned how to choreograph. And uh, I learned that, okay, um, the movements doesn't matter. What matters is like how you're going to design it with the camera and the editing. So he showed me a lot of that. And then when the time came for me um, to um, get that kind of job as a fight coordinator, uh, it became very easy for me because I have... I have a very, very, um, uh, my mind, like I create fights very easy. That's something that, you know, I, I'm very, very like uh, passionate about. It's like, I like to create action. Yeah. So for me working with so many people as a stunt or as an actor, I always look what, how they are designing action. Even if I'm not supposed to be on set sometime, I'll be there on the side looking what they are doing. So after working with Yuan Wuping, Jackie Chan, uh, Tim Mann, uh, I worked also with uh, Dion Lam. Uh, I worked with like many uh, coordinators and choreographers. So I would look what they're doing and then I would apply it to my own style. So it became very natural because after working with so many people, it's like then you, you take the best out of all, you learn from them and then you apply it for yourself so yeah that's the best thing when you're observing other people you can learn hey do i'll do what they're doing and b i'll never do what they did because it was wrong so it's good that you take that experience while you're on set when you're not working to still be working like learning everything so when did you work with jackie chan what was that like you know that was the reason it all started Mm -hmm. uh i worked with jackie chan first in 2014 on a movie called Dragon Blade. Dragon Blade is a movie uh, with uh, Adrian Brody and John Cusack. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's taking place in like the Gobi Desert. It's it's about Roman soldiers coming to fight uh, Chinese soldiers. So it's kind of that kind of story. So I worked with Jackie's chance turn team on that movie as an actor. I thought it was a joke when they contacted me. So I was kind of like, yeah, right on the phone. And then uh, they told me, no, no, it's really like uh, for this Jackie Chan movie. So I was like, oh, okay. So it took six months for them to contact me back because I I thought really it was a joke first. But then when they contacted me back again, I was like, oh, okay, that's for real. So they brought me to China. I did that film. Uh, After it was like uh, maybe one year after they called me again, I went with them to Russia uh, to work on a Russian movie. And after that, I worked on The Foreigner as well. Oh, nice. In London. Then I worked on Bleeding Steel for seven months. That was in Australia and Taiwan and China. 
And then I did Vanguard. Uh, Vanguard was shot in Dubai, India, China, and Taiwan as well, and Africa as well. So yeah, I did, I think, if I'm not wrong, I think I did five movies with them. Wow. Did you ever have a chance to? It's funny. It's like uh, the girl from Smallville. What did you, did you ever have, I'm sure you had a chance to like talk to him. Did you ever tell him like, this is why? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I did, uh, I did fight scenes with him. I even did acting scenes with Jackie. I never told him that because, I, you know, when I get on set, I always try to be professional. Yeah, I always no, I try to, to kind of be like, not r- try to geek out too much. <laughs> so I was kind of like, you know, at first, when I saw him first, I remember on Dragon Blade, I was kind of like a child. I was like, oh my God, this is like Jackie Chen. Uh, but later on, I think because you work with him so many times, I think Jackie expects you to kind of be like, okay, right now you worked with me a couple of times. So now, you know, you, you're going to be normal with me, right? So, yeah. so I never said that he was the reason, but I mean, everybody that works in this industry. I'm sure he's one of the inspirations, yeah. He he knows, he kind of knows, right? That's pretty cool. And you got to think you're one of the guys. That's even better that he sees people that he works with. Especially that is how you shoot movies nowadays. Like you're Mm -hmm. you're on set. It's like the old way to make a movie would be like, hey, we're going to make a movie. Now it's like, how quick can we make the movie? So having like the most familiar people, like directors nowadays, some big time directors in the States would always do it. I'm sure it's something around the world. You have like your lighting guys you work with, your cameraman, because you need to shoot as fast as possible. It's all yeah. about money. So that's, that's good right. that you did the one film and they're like, hey, we like you. Keep coming back. So that's great. Yeah. I mean, you know, Jackie works this way. Okay. Like if you watch a lot of his movies, a lot of the Westerners who work on the movies, they always come and sometimes they, they think like, okay, I'm going to get to do this, do that. And the thing is, Jackie, when he do, does his fight scenes, it's really different from any anyone else. He has a certain way of making his fight scenes. And if you don't have a good rhythm and if you don't have a good control, you're out right away. He'll replace you or he'll put like a stunt double, a Chinese guy that looks nothing like you, or they will put a wig on his head or something like this. So in a way... The reason why you always call the same people is because, you know, he knows, okay, when this guy is going to punch me, he's not going to try to take my head off. Or when he's going to kick me, he's not going to try, you know, to wind me out and kick me in the stomach full power. Yeah. And in the past, you know, you saw a lot of Westerners coming to do those movies and they they would get doubled and they would like get like completely like the whole fight scene would be done by a Chinese guy or yeah. something like this. And I think they got tired of that. So they are like, okay, now let's, let's find a, a couple of guys who are good and can handle what we are doing. And then we don't need to teach them or double them all the time. No, that's funny that they just put a wig on them. It's some guy from yeah. the States and they do that. <laughs> <laughs> so what was the first time? Another thing that's interesting on there. So you, you obviously want to do stunts. So, so while you're doing the stunts, did you ever have to do like non-martial art stunts in a movie? Did you ever? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But a lot for um, for movies like I did bike stunts. Uh, I did wire stunts. I did height as well, you Whoa. know, jumping from a building. Uh, some of those happened a lot. How do you practice body- for that? How, how do you uh, 
How does that come up? And you're like, you know what? I want to do that. Back in the days when I started, you know, when I was uh, 20, I started to do stunts. I was 22. Oh, wow. So when I started, you know, it was kind of like, um, I didn't have a lot of money. So I was kind of like, okay, I need to get jobs. I need to survive here. Otherwise, you know, I'm going to go back home in France and I'm just going to go back and sell uh, phones and Blackberries and stuff like that. So I'm like, okay, I need to get a job, right? So whatever they were call me back then, and I thank God that nothing happened to me. You know, there's an angel yeah. somewhere looking for looking out for me. Uh, I will do all these jobs. I mean, I remember jumping from a building 19 stories with a safety wire only and then climbing that building down. I remember also like jumping off this uh, factory on this roof, uh, holding this rope and swinging around. I, I remember many of these crazy stuff I've done. And most of it was a lot for those Bollywood movies. I yeah. used to go a lot to India to work on very big Bollywood movies and they would pay you to do that. They would just bring someone uh, who can do a physical stunts and who has, you know, a bit of experience in fighting wire and everything. And you end up doing crazy, crazy stunts. And um, I've done those for uh, maybe a couple of years. And I was like, okay, after from 22 until 29, I think I was like, okay, that's it. I don't want to do that no more. So yeah. I remember I had a wake-up call one, one day when I did this stunt. I was on a speedboat on the river, and uh, the stunt person who was driving the speedboat lost control of the speedboat. And I had a police door attached to my hand with a handcuff. So the boat was going down. I managed to unlock myself from this door and that's it. We were in this massive river in the middle of Bangkok. The boat went down. We were trying to swim. And finally, you know, this boat picked us up. And from there, I was like, okay, you know what? I'm done with this kind of crazy stunts because I saw a lot of people injuring themselves, uh, losing limbs, or even, you know, some people even dying. So I was like, okay, I, I need to find a way to to kind of like do something that is not uh, too dangerous anymore. And, um, you know, thank God, you know, back then, you know, I, you know, I didn't think too much and I was just doing it and maybe I was very fit and young. Yeah. But uh, now I, I think, you know, I'm happy that I don't have to do this anymore. <laughs> yeah. And then you, it's funny. You mentioned that like, you'll, Hey, that's what it is about making it in Hollywood from what I talk about. For the most part, they're not like the Steven Seagal's or, you know, the big stars that, you know, in, in every facet camera, you know, uh, on screen, off screen, it's, it's about putting the work and you were like, I'm not going home. I'm not going to sell blackberries. So I'll do this. And no, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> and then not too long after that, <laughs> like, how does it come up? Obviously when you get, like you said, you were getting calls for stunt acting. So when you become like a stunt double, like how how was that? Because one of the ones I noticed you might have done it before that was for Van Damme. Mm. That's amazing. <laughs> with with Jean Claude, I huh. met Jean Claude in in Thailand. That was in two thousand eight, I remember. So I went to this casting in Thailand for this movie. Uh, they were calling it Full Love back then. Yeah, uh, I went there. A line, maybe like two hundred and fifty guys waiting to go and cast for that movie. So I'm like, okay, I see a bunch of bodybuilders, 
huge meatheads waiting to go there. So I'm like, okay, I'm a little guy at the time, maybe like, you know, 75 kilos back then. So I'm like, okay, I don't think I'm going to get anywhere on, on this job. So I go do the casting and surprisingly, they call me back and they are like, oh, Jean-Claude really likes you. So I'm like, okay, so you have to come back for a second casting. So I'm like, okay, so I come back for a second casting and this time we had to uh, to do kind of like some um, uh, screen test, you know, to see how we look on camera. So we did this. Then they call me back again and they say, okay, we, okay, they, they really like you. Okay, you have to come to meet Jean-Claude now. So we come to this big suite, this hotel in Bangkok and there is Jean-Claude coming down in a robe. I remember he had this robe on and he's coming down and then he's starting to talk to all of us. We were like maybe eight guys start to talk about like movies and what he wants to do for the movie and stuff. And then Jean-Claude start to tell all of us, okay, I want to see you guys walk. So he makes us walk one by one. So after that, he's like, okay, then uh, thank you guys. Uh, I'll get in touch with you. So that same night when I go back home, I get a phone call again and then they're like, okay, well, you got the job. So I come back there to the hotel, it's freaking like 10 p.m. at night. And then there, me and two other guys that he selected are there. And he's kind of like the, the, the wardrobe is kind of like checking our size and stuff to make suits for us. And then one of these guys who got selected start to tell him like, um, oh, you know, I have this script I want to show you. So Jean-Claude is kind of like, oh, I, I don't want to, I, I don't have time for this now. Let's, let's focus on that first. So Jean-Claude goes like, okay, well, I have these names I, want, I gave you guys. So Brahim, you're going to be Sergey, and uh, you, you're going to be, uh, you, you're going to be Carl. And uh, then he look at this guy, he's like, okay, and you're going to be Malik. And this guy completely loses it. He's like, oh, no, I don't want to have this name, you know, because I'm a kickboxer. And when I was kickboxing in Japan, they used to call me the lion. So Jean-Claude doesn't really like that. He starts to kind of tell him like, okay, but that's going to be your name, right? And uh, after a while, Jean-Claude tells the guy, okay, you're done. And um, then the guy goes and then he looks at the casting director and he's like, okay, uh, uh, please, this guy, uh, keep him out of this movie. So in the end, it was only me and that other guy left. and. Um, I think, you know, I did, I, I did my scene and I think Jean-Claude saw like, okay, I kind of had the same shape as him. So he used me to be his double also on the movie. So I came in to do an acting part and I did a fight scene with him in a garage. Oh, nice. And then I ended up being a, a stunt double for him as well. Are <laughs> <laughs> most, you've done that before too, right? Or was that, was it just for him that you did the double for uh no i I doubled a lot of actors oh okay that was the first time that i doubled uh i doubled john claude yes but that's funny that do did the other actors that you doubled like do what he did obviously he's different than some people that he actually did the process that's amazing when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
Uh, I never had that. I think the only time I had that was with Jean-Claude. He That's was cool. very, very specific about this whole thing, like about walking and all that. And um, I don't know. For me, you know, I really like him. He's a great guy. You yeah. know, I grew up watching him and then I'm here doing a movie with him. He's been very nice with me on that film. You know, he, he brought me every day, even when I didn't need to be there to get paid, I remember. Uh, he was he was good, man. He was very, very nice. That's cool to see somebody like that because uh, you hear stories about some of the some actors that he cares so much that he's like involved. Like that's being super involved in the process. There's some people that probably just show up on mm-hmm. set and it's yes. like, this is your stunt double. And they're like, all right, cool. But that's great that he like, <laughs> he saw that. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. He's a good guy, man. Some of the other movies that I saw in there are ones that I've seen. So like stunt wise, you did a double in The Hangover. That's correct. Yes. What scene was that that you were in that? I was in the scene uh, when uh, you know the chase when the motorbike is chasing and with the monkey. Yeah. That car chase. Uh, I was doubling. Uh, I forgot the name of the actor. The guy who has the Mike Tyson tattoo on his face. Oh yeah, Ed Helms. Yeah. Yes, I was doubling him. So I never met him. We had. I think on that movie there was four units, man. On that. Oh movie. wow. That was a big movie. I remember I got on that movie because the original stuntman for him got hurt actually during that scene. Oh, so I ended up replacing the guy who got hurt. Uh, so I worked on that movie for one week. And, you know, to be honest, you know, every time when you get a job, you always, you always think, oh, a car chase is easy, especially when you're the passenger. You're just going to sit in the car and just relax eat a couple of Oreos and be in the car and, and relax in the car, right? Because the camera cannot see you. But believe me, man, that car chase was mental. It was very scary. I was in that car for seven days and that was really, really scary, man. And uh, also there was a lot of tension because the guy that I was replacing, he had a very, very serious injury. Oh. Like, that was a very, very big brain trauma that he had. So oh my gosh. There was a lot of um a lot of stress on that shooting. So I remember when I did that, I was kind of like, you know, at the same time I was happy getting the job, but same time I was very worried and sad for that guy. Yeah, no. And just oh my god, that's terrible. Yeah. Especially the fact of uh you're doing the same stunt that did the car crash or was there Something that you had to like lean out of the window, maybe they took out or something like how did well, how I think did, he, yeah. I think he had to lean out out of the window and uh, then some some you know maybe some misunderstanding or something, and then I think he hit his head with oh, uh, man. the vehicle or something, and uh that was that was it but uh but I mean you know he, he didn't die or anything, he's okay now, but uh that that was scary, no, I bet, and then having it like sit in those that seat no i couldn't imagine so do you have a role over the years like your your acting side of it that was like the one that you're like wow i can't believe i had this kind of role what was like the biggest role to you that you've had i think you know my role in that movie uh boy can dispute it for i played the character of igor i think that's something that most people in action movies they know me because of that and uh, I also like the last movie I did with Jackie. I had a very, very nice role. Uh, you know, you can check it out. It's 
coming out November 20. Yeah. In the States, uh, that's called Vanguard. And I play the character of Broto. I think Sweet. those two roles are, you know, the ones that I think like, you know, I had a good chance because, you know, believe it or not, but it's very hard opportunity to come by, especially, you know, I don't have an agent. I don't have a manager. Oh, really? So, wow. no, all, all this, the jobs I'm getting is people just calling me, oh, uh, are you free? Or, you know, certain people that I know, maybe, you know, and I don't really cast often for movies. I, I, I don't like to cast. So, you know, all of it is kind of like, okay, we have this job for you. That's mostly how it goes. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, those two roles, I think that's what people know me for. But that's good for you. That means you don't have to pay 10% and nope. that you're, and you're working, you know, so people know who you are, that they're reaching out to you, your IMDb, you have a lot going on. So you're doing something, right? Well, yeah. And the thing is the 10%, it's maybe, you know, in the, in the States, you know, worldwide, when you have an agent, you know, those numbers, you know, it's never really uh, disclosed, you know, especially yeah. in Asia, in Asia, you know, it's really, really, you know, corrupted it's a lot of people taking advantage of new people coming in the industry and the thing is that's one of the reasons why many opportunities at the end take them because sometimes i felt like well why the hell am i doing this for you know i'm getting paid peanuts for nothing and why i'm gonna you know go and do this job for yeah uh, because when there's a middleman most of the time there's somebody trying to take money out of it so of course I always try to, you know, if there's no agent, you know, I'm very happy. But, you know, nowadays, you know, I never get agents. You know, it's been many years I didn't use any agent. Yeah, there was a problem over here in the States that the writers actually struck because what happened was the agencies were working with the production companies. So the usual 10% that you paid would be like 20%. So there was like a huge strike here like a few years ago. But you're right. Everybody's always trying to get something. So one movie that I really enjoyed that you were in, and and you'll know it, Mechanic Resurrection. I'm a huge yeah. like Jason Statham fan. Like all the people that you've worked with, like that industry, the people, the movies that get keep uh, keep getting made with the people, they're amazing for a reason. But like Jason Statham. So what was that movie like? Like what was your part? Uh, okay, so on Mechanic Resurrection, I uh, I got on it really pretty much. You know, it was. Kind of like there was a casting in town, but I was not allowed to go to that casting because the guy taking charge of that casting didn't really like me. So <laughs> I was not allowed to go there first. And then this producer called Frank Demartini, he used to work for Millennium Films, oh, nice. he messaged me and he's like, oh, Brahim, where are you? I'm like, I'm at home. He's like, no, you got to go to this casting. They are casting right now in this warehouse in Bangkok. I'm like, oh, casting for what? Or oh, for mechanic? I'm like, oh, are you sure I can go there? He's like, yeah, 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 go there. You know, you just say, you know, you're coming from me. So I'm like, okay. So I went there. And uh, I remember the stunt coordinator was from uh, New Zealand, Alan Popperton. So I came in, I did the casting. And then the stunt coordinator tell the guy who didn't want me to be there. He's like, oh, this guy is great. Where was he? Because... <laughs> And then they go like, okay, are you free uh, from this date to this date? I'm like, yeah, of course I'm free. Okay, yeah, you got the job. So the guy who, who 
was handling the casting, of course, you know, he's playing it. He's like, oh man, I didn't want to call this guy, but here he is now. So I'm getting on the job, right? And I'm, I did this scene when we shot in the Rio Cafe uh, in the introduction. So I did that scene. We rehearsed for that scene maybe five days. And oh, then wow. we shot it for maybe five days, right? And uh, I remember when we did the scene, you know, JJ Perry, who was the fight coordinator on that movie, he came in, you know, he, he made us do all that choreo and stuff. But I remember when we did it, Jason was kind of like, you know, uh, he wanted me to do this front flip on the table at the end. You know, he's grabbing my my arm and make twist my arm and throw me on that table. And I remember he was not happy with the way I was doing it. So he was kind of like, oh, you can do better than that. So I'm like, okay, okay. So I was doing it, doing it, doing it. I think I did it for 10 times, if I remember correctly. And I think they used the third take on the movie because I remember the way I was landing there. So I did the, the scene in... Uh, uh, in the cafe, in Rio Cafe. And then they were like, uh, oh, you did good. Uh, are you free to come with us on the boat, right? So I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll come on the boat too. So w- one week of work became, I think I worked four, five weeks on that movie. Wow. And uh, then I remember we had also um, this scene on the boat with Jessica Alba. Nice. And the director lined us lined us all up on the boat and he's like, okay, I need one guy to do this little scene with Jessica Alba. So he's like looking and I remember I had these shades on, you know, these aviator shades. Then he looks like, okay, this guy. So I'm like, okay, great. (laughs) Then I did this little scene with Jessica Alba and um, yeah, working with Tatum was great, man. I mean, he's a perfectionist, you know, he's he's a good action actor, you know, he's he's like an action star, you know, he's like, You know, for nowadays, you know, it's kind of like an uh, an embodiment of all these action stars from the '90s, yeah. And he's like the next generation, kind of. So no, you're right. It's great yeah, like, working with him. Yes, yeah, those transporter movies are awesome. What he did in those movies was just something not not like it was never done before, but just those scenes just seem so long. Like they, he did a lot of action. It seemed like all in one take. There'd be like so much going on would not like a ton of cutaways. So you were like super focused on like what he was doing. That's right. Yeah. He's, he's very good, man. Choreography is very good. He's a perfectionist. No, that's cool. That's great that he said, do it again, do it again. Yeah. He made me do it like 10 times. I think, I mean, he he was not, it was not because, you know, he was trying to be rude or something. It was just because, you know, I mean, the table was high, but he was right. I, in the end, I did pretty good. And uh, it was good, man. I was very happy in the end. So you you were saying earlier that it took you like all around the world. What was like, obviously where you went to like right in the beginning was like a total exotic place compared to, you know, where you grew up. What other places have you shot in? You mentioned India, Taiwan, where else? Uh, Australia, New Zealand, Taiwan. Laos, Cambodia, Thailand, Malaysia, India, uh, China. Here, have you have you been to the states? Never. What's the name of that place? Dubai, uh, Russia, Bulgaria, England. Oh my god! Uh, I think I forget a few. I'm not sure if I forgot a few places. That's but a lot. I think- I yeah, yeah. That's, I, I mean, maybe I forgot a few places, but yeah, that's uh, pretty much. Uh, uh, yeah, Sri Lanka. I mean, I went to many places. Yeah, 
Jack, uh, in Indonesia now. Yeah. Oh, is that where you? That's where Tremors was shot, Indonesia. Uh, no, no, no. Tremor was shot in uh, Thailand, but oh, okay. uh, in Indonesia, I'm doing another movie at the moment. Man, just think when you start it, when you're like 14 and you, and you think about doing this, just like that, not only it's a job that you're living off of, but also that it was, it's like a passport that you had an opportunity to like to travel. Was there a favorite place that you went to like traveling wise that you enjoyed? Not even just the movie, but I would say, you know, out of all those places I've been to in my entire life, I think, you know, the best place I've been, I think it's Thailand. Yeah. There's nothing beating Thailand for me because Thailand is very much a place, you know, that is very, very nice to chill, to relax. It's a very, very uh, affordable place. You know, you, you don't need to have that much money to, to have a good life. Uh, the people are nice. Uh, we're having a, you know, like a Florida weather the whole nice. year round. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, for me, I really like the place because it's the place that gave me like, you know, my first start in movies. Yeah. So no matter what happens, you know, I, you know, I had many opportunities to go live in other places. You know, I could go back to France if I wanted. I, I yeah. can even move to other places. But for me, you know, I, I decided to just, Based myself in Thailand, and um, that's it, you know. And you know, it doesn't matter where I am, to be honest. You know, yeah. Thailand. You see, I, I went to Europe. I went everywhere in the world. So it doesn't really matter anymore. You know, I even had job offers to go to America, and um, for me, it, it really doesn't matter. But I like Thailand the most. That's awesome. And uh, so, what was Tremors like? Was that the first time you shot with uh, like a lot of CGI? Yeah, I never saw the monsters until I saw the movie. I saw it on Netflix. I remember we were all reacting to like, oh, a Graboid, ass blasters, all these things. And we we're like, where? Like, okay, you will see them in the, in, when the movie is finished. But it was cool, man. I mean, it was six weeks uh, in the south of Thailand in this place called Krabi. It was nice, you know, very chilled movie, easy stunts. I doubled uh, John Heather on that movie. Oh, you did? I did, yes. Uh, and uh, I also played a little part in the movie. I was one of the soldiers. In the yeah, movie. yeah, no, one I saw that hunters. on there. Yeah. Yes. So um, yeah, it was fun, man. You know, I, I doubled him um, for the wire gags and also for that flamethrower sequence. Yeah. So yeah, it was yeah. fun, man. Yeah, I watched it last night. I oh, watched it last night. Yeah, because I mean, I love those movies and I love the fact that uh, Michael Gross, the star, Oh, he's cool, man. So growing up here in the States, obviously those first movies came out, but like I knew him from like Family Ties, which was like a yeah. sitcom with Michael J. Fox. And he's like this really nice dad in the show. But then like you watch Tremors and he's like this like graboid killer, Tremor killer and like the all the movies. But it's cool. He's in every one. And I loved his part in this movie that he was kind of like away from it and then he got like brought back into it, but so they, they didn't have anything. They just said react to a graboid over there. There was nobody like in a costume, like green screen outfit or anything. No, man, wow. nothing. That was it. That was just like, okay. Um, the director would be like graboid. He would yell it. I remember graboid. And then literally would say like, okay, when I yell graboid, that means you look to the left and then, you know, shrieker. 
and then you look to the right for Shrieker or something like this. So yeah, it, it was it was the way you know we've done that. And then uh, somebody from you know the special effect department would come with some material like some of their tools and do something after, and they would take clean plates, a lot of clean plates. Yeah, and um, that would be it. But uh, yeah, it was fun, man. Very. I mean, don't get me wrong, man. That movie was fun, but when I fired that flamethrower, that was one hell of a freaking experience, man. That flamethrower was crazy. Oh my god! And if you see the wardrobe of Jimmy in that movie, he's having this Hawaiian shirt, this nice short. <laughs> I mean, I was feeling like I was burning, man, when I did this. Oh my god! I even had gel on my body, like uh, fire gel on my body. Still, yeah, yeah. it didn't help. I was still feeling like I was burning, man. That was crazy. Did they just, uh, did you get a chance to practice or they just said, we have to do it on the take because you you don't want to like ruin a shot? <laughs> well, no, I practiced one time, but I had a full uh, fireman outfit when I did it. Uh. And then they're like, okay, on the day, you're going to fire that flamethrower, but with your Hawaiian shirt and your shorts. Oh and I'm like, okay, that's going to be fun. So I remember the first take we did, I remember in that movie, two of them fired the flamethrower. So that was me and that was the double of Michael right yeah. next to me. So both of us firing that thing, it was unbelievably oh hot. God. It was crazy. The first take I did, I remember I had to be like, cut, cut, cut. I, I walked to the side. I was like, that's too hot, man. Bring more fire gel. Oh my God. No, you know, what's cool about the technology with CGI. I don't know if you've ever seen like the Anaconda sequels. I interviewed a guy that directed them and a girl that was in them. And maybe it's cause it's like 15 years ago. And I've just watched it like a year ago. It just didn't, the CGI just doesn't hold up. But for this movie, the CGI looks phenomenal. The graphics look so good. And the fact that you guys are reacting to nothing because sometimes they'll have like somebody in a green screen outfit. So your eyes can like, but that's even crazier that they were able to do that much in post to make it look mm-hmm. that good. Yeah, that's right. I mean, like we didn't react to anything, to be honest, like yeah, uh, there was nothing at all. No green screen, no, nobody on in a green running around. None of that. No, that's cool that you're able to, cause some of those movies are shot in a studio but it's cool that it's like shot on like, like how good that movie looks. But that's so cool that, uh, so when was that filmed? Was it last year or the beginning of this year? Uh, it was filmed last year, right before Christmas. Oh, okay. Is there any, do you have a dream person? Obviously you've worked with a lot of like the heroes in like the action industry. Is there somebody that you would love to work with? Yeah. Tony Ja. Yeah. Yeah, I think Tony Jaa, you know, I would like to do a movie where I can fight with him, like a nice fight scene. And also I would like to work uh, with the, the main actor from The Raid, uh, Iko Uwais. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah those two guys are the last two I need to work with. <laughs> well, you still have a lot of time. You're pretty young still. So that's amazing. Just how you started. And that's so cool that you just like took this like whim, like, hey, I'm going to go try this. Everyone else goes back and you stay. That means a lot yeah. to why you're still doing it and why you're able to uh, keep it going. So last question I always ask people before we're done, and thanks so much for taking the time, man. 
if you weren't doing this, obviously at the age of 14, you looked at, you know, Jackie Chan, you're like, I, this is something I want to do. And obviously you didn't want to sell cell phones and blackberries like in a mall somewhere. (laughs) Was there anything else you thought of before that, like career wise that you wanted to do? Obviously you went for law, but you didn't, was that what it was? Like, do you want to be a lawyer or you just did that? No, man, I just did that to make my family happy. But (laughs) to be honest, there's nothing else I wanted to do. man. That's awesome. Nothing, nothing. I never had like a plan B or whatever. I was just like, that's what I need to do. And uh, I'm just going to put 100% on it. And if I fall, I'll just fall on the, you know, on my back and I'll try to stand up again, not try to fall flat on my face. <laughs> what, so uh, I lied about one. La- this is the last question. So what about when uh, like your parents, how were they when you first start? Obviously in the beginning, like you said, nobody wants their, all parents are like, Oh, my kid's going to be, trying to be like an actor being in films when was it the fact that they were like okay this is pretty cool i think you know maybe i would say two years after maybe when i started at first they were like oh just come back home just come back home just come back home and then they started to see like you know a couple of photos i would send them about you know i'm doing this i'm doing that and then they were like Oh, okay. Well, he's doing something. Okay, just keep on doing this. That's fine. Just keep on doing it. Just nice. So it took them maybe two years, and uh, then they were like, "Okay, just keep on doing that. You're you're doing good." Yeah. Now I have a daughter, so I can imagine that. Like, even though I love this stuff, if it's like you never want your kid to fail, and that's it. It's an industry that has like a high failure rate, but you you had what it takes, obviously, and you do so much. There's some people that are just like the actor or the writer. So it's cool that you can do perform so many different facets, like the real stunts, the martial martial arts, uh, the fight coordinating. So that's awesome. And man, this has been great. Thanks so much for taking the time. The daylight Thank savings. You, it's so America, I think is the only, I don't know, maybe England does it, but it's the stupidest thing that they change it. The, the time zone over here, like once a year. Do oh yeah. Know? Yeah. I know, man. I know, man. I know. They do it in France as well. Oh, they do? Okay, yeah. It just makes no sense. Then you forget about other countries that don't do it. But appreciate it. Stay safe. Good luck with the filming. And uh, now I have to go watch Mechanic Resurrection again. (laughs) Thank you, man. Rahim is so great. I love his outlook on everything, you know? Like, even in that, that stunt scene, he didn't hang over, too. He was just in the passenger seat. But that guy who was in the passenger seat the last time got hurt really bad. So just hearing how he like, like deals with some of these situations, you know, working with the flamethrowers and you know how hot it got. And he's like, Whoa, I got to stop. I got to put more gel on. And I just love that. He goes to, you know, Indonesia, you know, with those group of guys from France and they don't get the movie and everybody goes back and he's like, no, I'm going to stay. He was almost a lawyer, but you know what? It was all about not wanting to sell those cell phones, those blackberries. That was Brahim's, uh, motivation so thank you brahim and don't forget your homework mechanic two or mechanic resurrection jason statham honestly the guy does not put out a bad movie and the fact that he had brahim do the stunt 10 times the flip because you know not like jason was being a dick like brahim said he just knew he could do it great so yeah so don't forget to review rate share our podcast follow us on all social media at sequels only And don't forget to check out our website, sequelsonly.com. Good night.